0: If we focus on growing and developing the people, we believe that everything else is a byproduct. Everything else looks after itself.
1: Welcome to episode eight of Applied Excellence, a podcast from the Association of Manufacturing Excellence Canada. You just heard Ryan Tierney, the head of design and innovation at Seating Matters. This episode. We are talking about engagement, or how to unite people in achieving excellence.
2: Every workplace is a community, if you think about it. By seeing the tools and how they connect you as an individual to the purpose of the community, it, it just adds to what work can be for people.
1: That was Audie Penn, a deep thinker on management topics and a lean expert from Illinois. He has an impressive resume of experience deploying lean, but he also coaches teams and leaders on how to foster engagement and build management skills. First, however, let's hear about Seating Matters and what better person to describe what they do than their head of design and innovation, Ryan Tierney.
0: At Seating Matters, we manufacture specialist seating for nursing homes and care environments, and we supply them all the manufacture in in Northern Ireland. Uh, That's our our main base. So our customers, hospitals, care facilities for clients with severe disabilities, uh, for example, stroke patients, clients uh, who have maybe had a head injury and an accident.
1: What are the results for you sitting in a Seating Matters chair?
0: We've done a two-year clinical trial with our chairs in a nursing home setting, and the results were were amazing. The the results showed a reduction in pressure injuries, ulcers, so a huge, dramatic uh, reduction in pressure injuries. It's really rewarding work that we do.
1: Which goes to the question of engagement, I guess. Would you say that the product that you're making is partly why employees feel like they should come to work and try to do a good job?
0: So once a week... At our morning meeting, we show a testimonial from a customer who has uh, benefited from one of our chairs. And I think whenever, when all the staff see what the product is doing for people, it gives people a real sense of pride and accomplishment in, in what they do. So you've been able to link them up with the customer to hear about what happens when the pro-
1: after it goes out the door.
0: Yes, definitely. And it's really, really important because Lean is about serving the customer. So everything we do, every improvement we make, everything should lead back to custom, to the customer. Everything should be to the benefit of the customer.
1: Marvellous, marvellous. So now let's wind the clock back a little bit. Where did you start in terms of engagement and visual design?
0: So if we go back four years, our business was very unorganized. Orders were going, were going out late. Uh, we had a high staff turnover. We had lots of defects product returns with loads of the normal problems that most companies have. I sat down and I said, work should not be like this. There has to be a better way. And I went on YouTube and I started typing all this random stuff into YouTube. And I came across a video that would change my way of thinking and change our business forever. And that's that's really where it started.
1: What was in the video that caused you to have a transformational experience like that?
0: Video from Paul Akers. You're probably familiar with, with Paul Akers. Uh, it was a two second lean, a fast cap lean tour video. And without exaggerating, I sat up all night and I watched that video about 20 times. I just got an overwhelming of, uh, you know, I, I couldn't believe that a company could run like, like fast cap.
1: Let's interrupt Ryan for a minute to jump ahead in time from his first encounter with lean. Paul Akers visited seating Matters last year. And boy, was he impressed by what Ryan had been doing once he implemented Lean.
2: So I was lucky enough to go to one of their morning meetings, and it was just as incredible as everything else. They did morning stretches. They reviewed principles. They went over their improvements. They talked about the problems. So as improvements have been made, they show the improvements in the morning meetings. So everybody's on the same page, Yoka 10. Everybody understands what it is they've done and how they're trying to improve things.
1: This small sample gives you some idea of just how successful Ryan's lean implementation has been. Now, let's return and hear Ryan talk about one of the lean principles they follow and the philosophy behind it. So, I have a question I think you might like, and that is, where is the answer to a question at Seeding Matters?
0: Yeah, wherever the question is asked. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's marvelous. So I like this and, and people can watch it on on YouTube, but tell me how this works.
0: This is, we have uh, various lean terminologies and lean concepts that we that we implement here. And one of them is wherever you ask the question, that's where the answer should be. And it seems really simple, but it's really, really impactful once you get to understand it. So if I'm walk to a printer, for example, in our office and we need ink for the printer, Well, that's where I'm asking, where do I get the replacement ink? So that's where the answer should be. So that's where the label is. That's where the instructions is for where to replace the ink. If I'm cleaning my desk, for example, I'm asking the question, where is the cleaner? So the cleaner should be right where you're asking the question. And this one simple concept has really transformed in the way people think, because we believe that work should be easy. You shouldn't have a struggle at work.
1: What are some of the measures that that illustrate the gains you've made?
0: In the last four years, our quality has improved. Our lead time has uh, went from six weeks to two and a half, three weeks. Our staff turnover went down. It's it's really the the results that we're getting is really huge in terms of the implementation of lean. But the real reason and the, the driver behind why and way lean works. Or I realized very early on, if we focus on growing and developing the people, we believe that everything else is a byproduct. Everything else looks after itself.
1: So why are people chipper when I watch some of your employees on on and they're high fiving? They're, they're they're you've got phrases like uh, wherever the uh, question is, that's where the answer should be, and they say it and they say it with genuine enthusiasm. What what have you done to build that kind of relationship with your employees?
0: So one of the most important things we do is our morning meeting. Uh, we're, we're always studying different companies from all over the world. We go right back to the education of why we're doing this. Why, why does this company exist? Why are we improving? Lean is really a tool for growing and developing people, which in, in turn, uh, serves the customer, you know, so everybody as human, we have the basic. We have six basic human needs, and all those human needs are met by engaging people in lean. And when you have encountered resistance, what is
1: what have been the solutions when people were I don't know confused? Maybe they weren't. They wanted to help, but they were lost on something. What have you found that tends to get you over the, the hurdles?
0: So the only reason I believe that people don't get lean is that it isn't put across in the right way. Sometimes Lean comes across as a cost or trying to get more with less or working harder. Sometimes it takes months and maybe years for some people to really get it. But once they get to the understanding that Lean is as good for them as it is for the customer, then they buy into it.
1: Now, you've also got some of the classic elements at work in in the factory things. You've got to... You've got a Kanban system, you've got two bins, visual design. What's maybe one of your favorites that really seems to create a smooth flow within your facility?
0: Yes, well, my favorite by far is the, the two bin system. We have this thing that I learned a few years ago from a guy, guy in, in Florida, Paul Martinelli. He talked about the difference in learning about something and internalizing something. So we're internalizing the 2 bin system and we're making that a focus and we're having every single product that comes through the door of our facility in a 2 bin system. And to date, I've been to factories all over the world and I haven't seen a 2 bin system to the level that we're implementing it because the 2 bin system, it's just an amazing way of managing inventory so that you never run out and the customer is always served. So, How are you finding the little
1: little incremental um, improvements to keep cranking up that flow and, and, and uh, eliminating waste?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, actually, because we do tours for companies coming to see us from all over the world. And one of the th- first things they say is, how can you get any better? This place is it, it's, it's amazing already early on in our lean journey that value is only created when our product is changing. So when our metal is being, when the actual blade is cutting through the metal, that's value. When the bandsaw is actually cutting the foam, that's value. When you teach everyone about value versus non-value, it's so easy to see waste. It's so easy to find improvements every single day. Um, To think that non, to, to get annoyed or to be discouraged by non-value is probably not a sensible thing to do because it's it's always going to be there. So. It's, it's really, we've turned it into excitement more than anything. We've made it a game just to find waste. All we're doing every day is looking for improvement. So when we spot a defect, we see that as, oh, this is brilliant. This is an opportunity for improvement. So we're actually happy when we get a defect. So this, this shift in thinking is, is really, really brilliant. And one of the re- reasons why uh, engagement is so high.
1: What would you say to the person starting out on their lean journey?
0: Focus on yourself fill yourself up with as much knowledge as possible and allow it to overflow to everyone else. But it's really not about the physical physical improvement. It's about growing and developing people. And if we can develop everyone as a person, then they make better decisions. They become a better problem solver. And in turn, they can make better lean improvements. We tried it the other way and it was a struggle. But now with with a fully engaged team, you know, Toyota talks about every person, every day engaged, the three E's. And I firmly believe that if you can get to a point where you have every single person engaged every day, that it's limitless. There are no boundaries to where you can take your company.
1: After I spoke with Ryan Tierney, I had the opportunity to sit down with Audie Penn for a, an extended and free-ranging conversation about engagement and how we build better dynamics within our workforce. So Audie Penn has been a senior leader at companies implementing Lean and recently he has been uh, consulting with large companies on large-scale deployments. He has a particular interest in coaching So of the many facets to continuous improvement and LEAN, what's really important? There's so much focus on all of the language and the tools in LEAN, but is it really the most important?
2: If you think it's just about the tool, you're still disconnected from the purpose of the community, and I love to use that language because every workplace is a community if you think about it, and if you work toward that, and so by, by seeing the tools and how they connect you as an individual to the purpose of the community, it, it just adds to what work can be for people.
1: Is it engagement at the end of the, uh, the day that will drive this or not?
2: Where you're taking me is, is, again, an area that I take for granted because I spend so much time focused on the conversations. It's the conversations that we have and the relationships that result from them that, that truly define engagement.
1: So how should we be approaching these conversations in our workplaces?
2: In a recent project, uh, we had uh, two mechanics participate um, in a conversation. And by the third third visit, now they're participating. Um, They've come to understand, I am part of this team. I am respected. My opinion matters. I'm going to show up and I'm going to start to share that. And the solutions that we ended up implementing in this project came from the mechanics. And what the process owners learned was, oh, my gosh, these guys know a whole lot more than I thought. I really – now I'm really interested in their opinions and the – the buy-in was i mean almost immediate because the solutions are coming from people that do the work and they're carrying those solutions back into the rest of the people that do the work that's where people start to participate even those that are dead set against it in the beginning when you actually treat them at that tactical level the way that they should be treated as human beings respect every individual they will participate
1: I, I want to ask you about one one more word because I think it's implicit in everything you said, but how do we listen better?
2: Oh, I love the question. Um, we listen to understand versus listening to respond. One of the most difficult situations in which to listen to understand is one where the individual we're speaking to disagrees with us, but that is the situation in which listening to understand is even more important.
1: There you have it. Insights from Audie Penn and before that Ryan Czerny on how we can create better workplaces with groups of people who are united in the common cause of seeking excellence. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Applied Excellence from the Association of Manufacturing Excellence Canada.